Praise the Lord. Welcome to the house of God once again. It's time to look to the word. Title this morning, Lead Me Up the Mountain. Lead me up the mountain to the presence of God. I want to begin with a great portion of scripture, Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Prophecy of Isaiah, 700 years before Christ. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, the people of God, the city of God. We know that it's the heavenly Jerusalem that is in the mind of God. And it shall come to pass in the last days, the last days are the time period between the first and second coming of Christ, the days we live in and have been here for 2,000 years. Isaiah said, I see Judah, I see a people of praise, I see the holy Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, no higher place in all the earth than the presence of God, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. All nations of the earth coming to Christ in the presence of God, to the holy Jerusalem, the city of God. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion, the presence of God, shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people. How many have ever been rebuked by the Lord? I have. Changing our ways. He shall rebuke many people, and what? They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. These are terms, Old Testament terms used for a New Testament people. That we would come in the last days to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God. Our instruments of war would be put aside. They'd be changed into unity and love, and we'd bring forth fruitfulness. The word of the Lord would come forth from Zion. Now notice the language that's used, terms like the mountain of the Lord, the house of God, the hill of the Lord. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, the Bible says? Who shall stand in his holy place? We have terms in the Bible like Zion's holy hill, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of God, the mountain of the Lord, the mountain of his holiness. These terms are all synonymous, and they speak of the presence of God. They speak of the place where the people of God are gathered together. I say this morning, lead me up the mountain. Lead me up into the place of God's presence. Lead me up into the gathering of the saints so I can hear the word of the Lord and be a part of what God is doing and what he's establishing. For the Lord is establishing his house in all the earth. Many nations, all nations shall flow unto it and many people. See, it doesn't say all people, it says many people. All nations will come out of every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation. People will come to the presence of the Lord, to Jesus Christ and the salvation of God. But many will say, come and let's go up to the house of the Lord. Well, this morning we stand at the threshold of a new year, January 2nd, 2022, and I sense that the Holy Spirit 
wanted me to put some words of blessing over the house, some scriptures at the forefront of this message, to put a de prophetic declaration on the house. We've come through a couple of difficult years in the earth. Many things have changed unprecedented times. Things have been a little unsettled for a lot of people, for all of us in some ways. Perhaps even this year or the last couple of years, you've faced some long battle, some hard trial. The Lord wants to encourage us with his promises. His word is a fire. His word is a weapon. His word is an anchor. His word is a lion. His word is the truth of God for us as the people of the Lord. So I have a few scriptures for you in beginning today that I simply want to speak out over you and trust that you'll receive and take into your spirit and God will use these words. There are a few scriptures that were in my heart concerning the Old Testament. Genesis 22, verse 16 to 17. The Lord said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you, Abraham, have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Abraham, because you've done this, you haven't held anything back from the Lord, Abraham, not even your own son. Let's not hold anything back from the Lord. I hear the promise of God, blessing, I will bless you. We're descendants of Abraham. We're the seed. We're the true sons and daughters of Abraham, people of faith. And the Lord says, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. And you shall possess the gates of your enemies. They're not going to triumph over you. You're going to stand in victory. Genesis 27, 28, word over Jacob. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. The dew of heaven, the presence of God, the blessings that come down, the favor of the Lord. We need the blessing of the Lord, not just the blessing of life, blessing of the way circumstances unfold in this earth, but there is a favor of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord, it makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Genesis 45, 11. Joseph said to his brethren, there I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. Poverty is a curse. God's concerned about his people. He doesn't want any of us to come to poverty. Joseph said, there are still five years of famine left. He said, I will nourish you. I will provide for you, for you and your household, all that you have, lest you come to poverty. We have a greater Joseph. Joseph had a storehouse full of grain for his people to bless them and help them in times of need, in times of famine. We have a greater Joseph, Christ the Lord, and his storehouses are full. And he says over us, I will nourish you. I will provide for you, lest you and your family and all that you have come to poverty. It doesn't matter if there's one year, two years, five years, ten years of poverty. Jesus Christ will nourish his people and he will take care of us because he's Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider.
Exodus 23, 25. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. What a verse. Pray that over your mealtime. And you shall serve the Lord. He will bless your bread and water. He'll bless your mealtime. And he says, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Number 6, 24 to 26, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord said to Aaron and the priests, he said, I want you to speak this blessing over the people. I want you to put my name on my people. Speak the blessing of the Lord. And God says, you put my name on them and I will bless them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom. Ruth 2.12, the Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. The Lord repay your work. May a full reward be given to each of us by the Lord God of heaven, under whose wings we've come for refuge. We've come to trust in him. And then one other scripture out of the Old Testament, Malachi 4, 2-3. But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts, to you that fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. You'll skip about like calves that are let free from the stall, the Bible says. You will tread down the wicked. They'll be ashes. You'll tread down wickedness. You'll tread down the powers of darkness. Jesus said, I give you power over serpents and scorpions. He wasn't talking about literal creatures. He said, I give you power over demonic spirits, demonic oppression, and over all the power of the devil. There'll be ashes under the soles of our feet. Now, these are just a few promises from the Old Testament. But the Bible is full of the promises of God. You know, the enemy attacks us with a failure mentality. The enemy comes against us with a failure spirit. You thought it was you. The enemy comes against us with a failure mentality, but the Lord lifts us up with a faith mentality and a faith spirit, and we need to take in the words of God. We need to take in the promises of the Lord. All the promises of God. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 1.20, are yes in Christ and they are amen, so be it in Christ to the glory of God. All the promises. I've given you half a dozen or so, but take the word of the Lord and say, Father, this is your word over me. I receive it. Maybe you've been struggling the last while. Maybe there are things in your life 
some self-condemnation and doubts. The enemy's always trying to sow discord in our own hearts against ourselves. Try and bring defeat. Try and bring an unbelieving spirit. Try to bring compromise and break our faith. The promises of God lift us up. They come like rain. They come like the dew of heaven upon our lives. So I felt in my spirit I should put a prophetic declaration over the house this morning. Receive the words of the Lord. Receive the promise of God. Know that the Lord wants to lift you up and nourish you and provide for you and strengthen you so you can walk out your days in the joy and the blessing of the Lord. There are three things that always brought the blessing of God upon his people as you look into the scriptures. Three things, three ingredients, three keys that always bring the blessing of God upon his people. Always have, always will. They never fail. There is no such thing as a lucky Christian. Wow, well, that person, the luck of the Lord came upon him. Look how they're being blessed and the joy they have and faith and prosperity. As for me, hasn't happened that way. Listen, the promises of God are yes and amen to every person. There's no such thing as a lucky Christian. We all have to get down in the trenches of the word and prayer and seeking of God so we can come out with the same image of Christ and the same fruit as true men and women of God. It's the same for every one of us. Now, there are three things that always bring the blessing of God upon his people. And number one is praise and prayer. <clears throat> Worship and intercession. Wherever you read in the word of God that God's people were serious about the Lord and sought him with abandonment and passion, with tenderheartedness before him, the blessing of the Lord always fell on those people. It fell on that congregation. It fell on that time of restoration or revival. Wherever the people of God seek the Lord with all their heart, begin to pray, pour out worship, pour out praise unto the Lord, the blessing of the Lord will come upon that people. Churches that are strong in worship, churches that are strong in the prayer rooms are churches that are strong. And when churches begin to abandon the prayer rooms, and there's silence in the church, <clears throat> and the prayer and worship, praise and worship levels drop. That church soon loses the life and the strength and the fervency and the power of God. Worship and prayer, intercession, seeking of the Lord, always brings the blessing of the Lord. Psalm 22 and verse 3 says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel, you who dwell in the praises of Israel. As we gather, as we begin to worship as a congregation, what happens? The presence of the Lord settles down. God comes. The Father comes to be with his family and visit his family. Jeremiah 31, 12 to 14. <clears throat> Therefore they shall come and sing in the height of Zion. Lead me up the mountain. Streaming to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and new wine and oil, for the young of the flock and the herd. New converts. Their souls shall be like a well-watered garden, and they shall sorrow no more at all. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old 
together. You thought you were too old to dance. Young men and old men together. It's not just for the young. It's for the young and old. For I will turn their mourning to joy, will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. I will satiate or satisfy the soul of the priests with abundance. And my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. The people will come, the people of God will come to Zion, to come to the holy hill, come to the house of God and begin to worship and pray together. And what happens? The goodness of the Lord begins to flow as they dance and rejoice and sing and shout and lift their hands and bless the Lord. The blessing of the Lord comes and God says, I will satisfy my people with my goodness. Psalm 134 Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth. Bless you out of Zion. We bless the Lord and the Lord blesses us. Praise and worship. Prayer and intercession will always bring the blessing of God upon a life, upon a family, upon the church. And so this year, we commit ourselves once again to be a people of praise and prayer, worship and intercession. Responding to the prayer room, responding to the worship of the house of the Lord. Number two, love for the word. Love for the word. This always brings the blessing of God. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. From your mouth. You have to speak the words of the Lord. When you read the Bible, read it out loud. Your mind won't be so distracted. It'll be more meaningful to you. A lot of people begin reading the Bible, say, I wanna, I wanna read the Bible more. And they lose their way, they lose their motivation. Well, one of the great ways to read the Bible, the Bible says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So you begin to speak that word. You begin to read the Bible out loud, and it'll make all the difference in the world. Turn the words of God over in your mouth. As you're reading, all of a sudden, you'll prophesy a word. You'll speak a blessing over your life. It won't be just something in your mind and in your memory areas of your being, but it'll be right at the tip of your tongue, and it'll be a living word from the Lord. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Word meditate means to turn the words of God over in your mouth, to mutter, to speak. The meditation of the world is you blank out your mind and try to get into some state of semi-consciousness and see whatever drifts through your spirit, see whatever demonic voice comes. Even an angel of light. But the Bible meditation is not that we sit quietly, silently in the presence of God. The word meditate means to turn the words of God over in your mouth, to speak the words of the Lord to read the word of God out loud. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Prosperous new year. 
a successful new year. Then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. Psalm 1, 2-3. The man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, and on it goes. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates. Again, the marginal says he mutters. He speaks that word day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health, healing to all their flesh. As we read the words of God, even though we may not understand everything, parts of the scriptures we don't understand, Maybe some parts we need to be more educated in and develop our understanding. But even as we read the Word of God, even though we don't fully understand perhaps some of the books like Leviticus or Numbers and some of these prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, but as we're reading the Word of God, the Bible says that life is going into us and there's healing to our flesh. Now we're at the beginning of a new year. It's January 2nd. We always offer the Bible reading guide to the church. Perhaps you've never read the Bible through. We believe that it's important to read the Bible through once a year. And so we have developed a plan, a Bible reading guide. Readings for every day of the week and Psalm Sundays. Sundays you read the Psalms and you can make your way through the Word of God in a year. You know the saying, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone that isn't. Number three, love for the house. Love for the house. It brings the blessing of God. Love for the corporate gathering. To gather as the congregation of the Lord. It always brings the blessing of God upon God's people. It brings the life of God. It brings the release of God's presence. You read throughout the scriptures, wherever Old Testament, New Testament, whenever the people of God had a heart to gather together to serve the Lord, the blessing of God fell on that people, on that body of people. They were changed. Their sons and daughters were changed. Their future was changed because it's one of God's immutable principles, love for his house. Psalm 27, verse 4, One thing I have desired of the Lord, David said, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 122.1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. A love for God's house, a love for the gathering of the saints. 
The Apostle John said, we know we have passed from death unto life because we love the brothers and sisters. We know. It's one of the signs. It's one of the confirmations that we're truly born again because we want to be with the people of God. In a day when many are forsaking the house of God, the corporate gathering, the church services, let us not be so ill-advised. And we've come through a couple of years where there's been a lot of disruption in the churches and the church services. And many have lost their way. Studies have been done. Reports come in. 30 to 40% of people have abandoned the church in the last two years, forsaken the gathering of the house of God. I was listening to a secular broadcast a few weeks ago. And the person was giving stats on different things that had taken place economically and uh, nationally, socially in, the, in America. And then he said as well, he said, church attendance is down 50% in America over the last two years. Now he was probably referring as well to nominal churches in name only. But the reports are that 20 to 30% of so-called Christians have forsaken the local church and forsaken the house of God, the gathering together of the people. And some say that they'll never return again. And so they have phrases like, we're going to do church online. Well, that's not church because church means assembly, the gathering of the people. Church means assembly. You may have noticed that we don't live stream our services at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And there's a reason for it. We, we put them on later in the day. There are people from other parts of the world and shut-ins, people that need the services that are not able to be here, but every able-bodied man and woman, child should be here. We don't live stream because we don't want the house of God, the people of this church, being tempted to stay home Sunday morning and sit on the couch and watch a service instead of participating in the house of God like they should. It's sad, isn't it? Jesus Christ went to a cruel cross for us, and we can't get out of bed for him. So phrases have been surfacing in social media and in conversations. As I said, we're going to do our church online. Others have said, we've now separated our Christianity from going to church. We've separated our Christianity from church attendance. What a separation that is. And others have said, and it's a popular phrase, it's not about the building. And the truth is, it's, it's not about the building, small b. It's about the building, big b, that takes on inside the building. The gathering of the people, the drawing of the people together. This is God's way. This is God's way to encourage and build us up, give us truth, bring us the presentation of his life. 
Christian, the battlefield of Christian life is strewn with the souls of those who first forsook the fellowship of the saints and then forsook the fellowship of the Lord himself. Christians that forsake the house of God, so-called Christians that forsake the house of God, some of them haven't been in a communion service for years. They haven't taken communion for years. I shudder to think of the implications of that. To disregard the bread and blood, the body of our Lord, and his gathering together of his people into that intimacy, to forsake that and disregard it, cast it off. Some haven't been in a, in a live worship service under the preaching and teaching of men of God, ministers of the Lord, haven't been in a prayer service for years. My house shall be called a house of prayer. So we don't take our cue, we don't take our standard from the casual Christian crowd. We take our standard from the Word of God. And we must be careful that we're not drawn in because it plays on your mind and it plays on your spirit. But the Lord is worthy of all our praise. The Lord is worthy of all our commitment and our strength. Forsaken the house of God, many no longer are tithing and giving to the work of the Lord. The work of his house. The Bible says the tithe is the Lord's. Tithe is an old English word meaning the tenth. Ten percent of our income belongs to the Lord. It's not ours. It's his. It's his legitimate claim. It's his rightful claim. He says, I am putting a claim on ten percent of the finances of my people and offerings above that at their ability and generosity for the work of my house, for provision, for the kingdom for outreach, for souls, for the nations of the world. God says 10%. I won't change the amount ever. It's 10%. It's for the economy of my kingdom. It's for the blessing of my house. Malachi 3, 10, the Lord said, Bring all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you so great there won't be room enough to receive it. What a promise. The Lord says, prove me in this. This is one thing you can test me on. If the house of God, if the people of the Lord will bring their tithes and offerings, there will be poured out such a blessing, there won't be room enough to receive it. You'll have to give it away. You'll pour it out into the community, into the nations of the world. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. What's the storehouse? The storehouse is the house where is stored up for you all manner of provision of the Lord. Children's ministry, youth ministry, worship anointing, prayer services, teaching and preaching, fellowship and friendship for you, your family, the church as a whole, for the community and for the nations of the world. Love for the house. The Lord says, gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. 
Gather my saints to me. The Lord loves the gathering of the people. The Lord loves the gathering of his house and of his church. Gather my people to prayer and worship. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. All the ethnic groups, nations of the world that come into my house. It says all the languages, I'll, bring, I'll make them joyful in my house of prayer. The house of God is a house of prayer for all nations. At Pentecost, we all come together in the Spirit as one. The Lord said, bring the tithes and bring the offerings. I'll pour out blessing on the church. And so we understand the warfare of this present hour. You know, an old farmer got saved one day and came to be water baptized. As he was coming down into the water, oh, he realized, he remembered, I, I left my wallet in my back pocket. He says, preacher, just, just wait a minute. I've got to get my wallet out. I want to keep it dry. Preacher said, you leave your wallet right where it is. Your wallet needs to get baptized too. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. This apostolic writer, I'm not sure if he could understand what we're facing today as we're near the end. We are closer to the coming of Christ than any generation, and the word points it out not forsaking as the day of Christ comes, but gathering so much the more, exhorting one another, building one another up. The times are perilous. The enemy is in a rage. There's a constant warfare against our minds, our feelings, our emotions, our spirits, our families, our children. There's a constant warfare by the enemy to break the faith of God's people. When the enemy comes, that's when the serpent comes against you, he doesn't come like normal beasts of the field. When beasts of the field attack, they attack you straight on so you're able to ward them off. You know exactly how they're coming and where they're coming. But the serpent is different. Of all the animals and creatures, the serpent slithers. He twists and turns side to side, this way and that way, and all of a sudden he's upon you. He makes suggestions. He encourages small compromises. He's winding his way in, closer and closer. Yea, has God said? Just sow a little doubt. Has God said you need to be in the house of the Lord? Has God said you need to give your tithes and offerings? Has God said you need to passionately worship? Has God said you need to lift your hands and shout and rejoice in the Lord? He comes subtly. He brings his mischief in slowly. Yea, has God said you should attend church, be involved in the house of God? He twists and turns. He slithers in. Think of it. If the enemy of our souls came against us, if the devil came against us and said straight out, I don't want you, to go, I don't want you going to church anymore. 
every one of us would be on the alert. We would be taken aback. We'd brace ourselves. We'd say, I come against you, enemy. Away with you. It is written. It is written. But he doesn't come that way. He works his mischief. He winds his mischief in. And after a while, it's so intertwined, you can hardly tell the truth from the air. You look at our nation. Look at the things that have come into our nation in the last generation. You wonder, how did they get there? You hear about government laws and all the compromise and sin that is now blessed by the nation, by the law courts. Woe to you when you call light darkness and you call darkness light. How did it get in? We stand back sometimes. I can't believe that law went through in the courts. I can't believe what's happened. How did this come in? It's because the enemy is a snake. And he slithers in slowly and twists and turns and makes his way. And by the time you recognize him, he's already done his mischief. And that's why we must be so on guard in our spiritual life, in our deliberation. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Worship team, please come. Three things that will always bring the blessing of God. Praise and worship, prayer and intercession, always bring the blessing of God. Love for the Word, stay in the Word. Day and night, we are to meditate in the Word, to speak the Word over, speak the promises of God. As we go about our day, as we lay on our bed at night, we wake up in the night, what's the first thing in our spirit and mind? It's the Word of God. It's the Lord blessing us, the Lord speaking with us, and we with Him, love for the Word, and love for the house of God. Let's stand together. I want to bring two other scriptures. Psalm 92, 12 to 15. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Those that are planted in the house will flourish in the courts of our God. Final verse, Psalm 65, verse 4. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. Blessed is the person that the Lord chooses, that we may draw near to him. And the Lord has chosen us. He's put his love upon us. And we are the people of God to return our love to him and stand in his presence, stand in his house and worship. Be a part of his worshiping people and extend the kingdom of Christ wherever and however we can in this community and in the nations of the world. Amen. Let's submit ourselves to the Lord this morning. Let's let the blessing of the Lord come upon you this morning. Promises of the word minister to your hearts this morning.
life of Jesus be released. It's a weary world. Perhaps your spirit is weary this morning. Your mind bombarded by so many things. Sometimes the enemy comes against us and even the circumstances of life and we feel a little unsettled, like I'm out of sorts. We can endure that because we've got the promises of God. We're not going to be moved. Our feet are not going to slip and slide because of some warfare, because of some circumstances, because of some heaviness. We're going to stand in the presence of the Lord. We're going to be faithful to his principles and word and see the prosperity of the Lord and the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living.